Welcome to the Den of Lions. Good morrow, citizen. Today we're going to talk about dancing. Well, I've wanted to do this episode for a long time. I've wanted to be able to do this episode for a long time, but I didn't have source material to work with. So, because I'm in a great position and I wanted to know myself, I bought the book Dancing is the Best Medicine. And that is what you're going to be hearing about today. The notes, the highlights from that book. I've got pretty much one page, the front side of notes. So I'm just going to go through those top to bottom. And maybe some of them are late, maybe not. I just took the notes. So this is also a reminder for myself and a learning for you of what those things are. Now, I try to dance every day because I am aware that dancing brings about great benefits and many of them are unique to dancing. So versus other forms of exercise, you don't get those benefits. I first really got turned on to some of the potential benefits that dancing brings from this book called As If Principle. And in it, near the end of the book, it talks about how in one study, this group of elders who danced showed a huge reduction in dementia cases. So I thought, wow, that's really interesting, like huge. And even in this book, they mention it, dancing reduces your dementia risk by 76%. (laughs) 76% is huge. That is like, that's pretty much everything. That's all of it, you know. And to see that in any sort of research study, that number is like astounding. Anything to be 76% decreased risk. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, dementia and other neurodegenerative diseases trail very close behind uh, heart disease and cancer which are the leading killers of people. So if it's not heart disease, if it's not cancer, it would likely be some neurodegeneration. And we're seeing that if you dance, you reduce your risk of dementia, which is just one type of neurodegenerative disease, by 76%. But it makes me think, hey, if it makes you much less likely to develop this one thing, which is of a certain category, then it probably brings about pretty good benefits overall, and especially in that category of neurodegeneration. So let's start from the top and go through point by point the things that I wrote down. I love dancing. I've seen it in so many different points throughout history and in religious texts. You find that dancing is this highly, highly prized ability that we have. And it's not unique to humans, although humans do do it in unique ways. And one thing, the point, uh, one point the book brings up is that 
humans, when we're born, we are very fragile and we have to learn so much outside of the womb. We have to continue growing outside of our mother's body very much so before we can become in any sort of way independent. But what they bring up is that a human baby will rapidly respond to music by dancing. Here's this innate thing. They don't come out knowing how to walk like other animals do. Um, you know, and all these other things, they're deficient, but a baby knows how to dance. And so they just brought about that aspect in terms of how ingrained it must be into us and how important it must be that we dance. So here is the first point, and I'm reading this fresh. I actually took all these notes yesterday, so um, when I read them, they will be very much a reminder to myself. Let us go. Some believe that we have brains just to control and coordinate our movement. And they use the sea squirt as an example. The sea squirt is apparently this small aquatic creature that when it's born, it develops its whole nervous system, its brain, all these things, and it does what it needs to do. And at a certain point in its life, it attaches itself to a larger fish. And when it does that, it digests its own brain. It no longer needs it. And so in that example, they're drawing the conclusion that perhaps our brain is designed largely to coordinate movement. Now, of course, that's not all the brain does. But as we will see, dancing um, propels our brain to grow in such ways that it does become very apparent that movement is critical in our own development in so many ways. Now I want to touch back because it is an important point and I forgot to say it. Um, King Solomon, who is this figure that you can read about in the Bible, and I'm sure in other sources, uh, <laughs> other sources, he apparently, if I'm remembering correctly, accesses this level of communion with God through dancing. And this man is a king. He's like the wealthiest person on earth at the time. And um, it talks much about how important dancing was for him. So that's just another, you know, unique historical thing. And there's a couple others that aren't coming to mind. But dancing is, dancing is this really special thing. And I'm sure you're aware of that. Certainly, if you're listening past my ramblings <laughs> beyond the five-minute point, I think you're tapped in enough to be uh, well aware. Next point. Vocabularies are easier to learn when we connect new words to movements during the learning process. So this is something I did not know, pretty much as with all the points I'm going to bring up in any podcast. But this is one I was totally unaware of, and it's something that I started implementing right away. I study other languages and right now I'm focused on Chinese and Russian and it's saying that it is easier for our brain to learn and remember these new words when we connect them to a movement. So what I've started doing is when I learn a new word or phrase whatever in one of these languages, English included if I learn a new word, I will imagine what sort of pantomime matches that? So you know, of course, stop relates to you holding your palm flat out, face forward, 
and that's related to stop. Well, if you create a movement or a posture that correlates with a word, you're gonna have a much better time learning it. I've just started doing this, and I'm curious to see if it does really help me. But it's not just somebody saying this, this is based on the research, so I'm assuming it's true. <laughs> Next one, and this is really interesting. Women could somehow tell which man had greater grip strength based off of his dancing. So what the study did was group peoples into gender, male, female, and the men took a grip strength test. So they measured how strong their grip strength was and they jotted it down with each participant and then they had those men just dance in no specific way, if I remember correctly, but they just danced and they had female observers write down which man they found most attractive based on his dancing. All the women could see was a silhouette. And throughout the entire study, the women consistently, every time, preferred a male who had the greatest grip strength. And they could deduce that just from his dancing. And apparently a large part of that comes from his upper body movements. What they found was that women uh, elicited the greatest physiological response when men were moving their upper bodies and doing turns strangely enough with their right knee was a big one but doing any turns and especially turns with their right knee and doing bends stretching out the back women really like that <laughs> a woman's brain really likes to watch a man do those things next up Co-activation occurs when we move in synchrony. This is when our brain is aware of the self and the other. So another very interesting point, co-activation. The brains of these dancers was firing off in an area that recognizes the self and the other at the same time. So co-activation. What's unique is that it only happened when the dancers were moving in synchrony with other dancers. So if you're in a troupe and you're performing some sort of choreography, or if you're playing a game, you're mirroring the other person's movements, your brain actually recognizes self and other at the same time. And I just thought that was so interesting. Countless studies have shown that music decreases stress more effectively than any medication. Interesting, I did not know that. And if the book is saying it's true, which I have to imagine it is, there's a whole, um, what is it, resources, or whatever the word is, where, you know, they mark it, and they're like, hey, if you want to learn more about this, see it at the end of the book. I'm assuming this is true. They wrote it in this book. Music has been shown by countless studies to decrease stress more effectively than any medication. Now that's huge because stress is the silent killer. Cortisol is a catabolic hormone. It's breaking things down. Now cortisol is unique because it can also be released during joyous events and having some released is necessary, right? Um, it's there to help us, but we oftentimes, mm, what's the word? overindulge ourselves because we're so addicted to these stress hormones like adrenaline, cortisol, that it ends up harming us. 
But when you dance, typically you're dancing to music. <laughs> so you're getting this bonus effect while you're listening to music of decreasing stress in a really great way. And I'm sure it's exacerbated by dancing, which, although it is unique, it is a form of exercise. And exercising, when done properly, decreases stress. So here's this free thing you don't need any equipment for. Um, you can do anytime, pretty much, every day. And it's largely accessible to every person, no matter what. And it uh, is so good for your hormones. <laughs> Listening to the music you like and dancing to it. Next up, children with more opportunities to move and explore their environment through movement will later have better memory skills, be faster and more creative in their problem-solving skills, and be more capable of concentrating deeply. That is just huge. That is so important. The modern school system, I think, is a fucking sham. Especially if you're a little boy. Now, this doesn't exclude little girls. School system sucks for you too. But if you've heard the Male and Female Brain podcast that I put out, you may remember that in the podcast from the book, The Male Brain, the author, she talks about how little boys are wired to move when they learn. They are wired to fidget and play around and use their body to learn because they are usually, typically, and very much so, kinetic learners. I myself totally relate to that. I am very much a kinetic learner. It's the hands-on, do-it-yourself, in the moment, try it, and learn through doing type of thing but also um, like it said like I said earlier how learning a vocabulary is easier when you connect the learning with the movement that's kinetic learning and so in this she's saying well there's two authors but uh, I'll say she she is saying that children so both male and female but boys in particular are especially vulnerable to this lack if they're bound to a chair and another interesting point is that school only teaches you to take life sitting down. Is that really how life works? No. So why are we being taught that way? Why are we teaching children that way? But here are the main things. Better memory skills, obviously hugely important. Faster and more creative in their problem solving, hugely important. And be more capable of concentrating deeply. I think these three things are going to become very, very important and highly critical in the world as we move forward. Our ability to concentrate is only getting dashed more and more. So that thing alone, being better at it, will greatly enhance the quality of your life, your capacity to um, concentrate. So here's dancing. Now. It says children with more opportunities to move and explore their environment through movement. So again, movement is this very important thing. And I didn't do a podcast on it, but there's a great book called Move Your DNA, which talks a lot about how our movement has a huge impact on our epigenetics and our skeletal structure, how we move. Uh, just the way we're moving, the environment we're moving in, the um, textures and things that we are exposed to do have such a huge impact. So if you want your children 
to grow up, your child, to grow up and be a more able person, then you should allow that opportunity to move and explore. Next up, the more an animal is capable of imitating behaviors or sounds, the more complex its communication skills and social behavior. Doesn't relate to dancing, but I thought it was very interesting because I am so inclined to learn about communication and therein social behavior, psychology, these things. And it says, the more an animal is capable of imitating behaviors or sounds, the more complex its communication skills and social behavior. So I thought to myself, if I train myself to get better at replicating behaviors and sounds, does that improve my own capacity to communicate? Well, I have to think so based off of what I just said. But I was curious, like, to what degree, what capacity does it matter? Is there some sort of upper limit? And um, what's the medium effective dose of that? Like, are there specific sounds or behaviors that once I learn to replicate would really bring me benefit? It just opened up a lot of questions for me in that area of, I guess, mimicry, like, if I wanted to improve my own communication and social behavior, uh, where would I start and what would be the best thing to do? And then I thought of all the people who are like beatboxers, because they can make all these unique sounds and imitate things that they've heard, does that, it made me want to talk to them and see, okay, are they much more in tune with communicating? <laughs> yeah. Next up, those who listed dancing and jogging as not not together but one or the other or both as dancing or jogging dancing and jogging as recreational activities showed lower levels of inflammatory markers than others who only listed gardening swimming cycling or weightlifting very interesting so i don't know if it's only dancing i don't know if it's only jogging or if there's some conjunction of the two that has a greater benefit Maybe one is definitely greater than the other. So yes, maybe jogging benefits you in this way, but not to the degree of dancing or maybe vice versa. But it is interesting that dancing and jogging being part of your recreational activities creates lower levels of inflammation overall. Inflammation, stress, these are the killers. So here's this thing that's free, totally accessible, maybe not jogging for everybody, but dancing that can potentially save your life and certainly improve the quality of your life if you've got less stress, less cortisol, less inflammation. But it was unique that it was exclusive to those two, dancing and jogging, not gardening, not cycling, not weightlifting, not swimming just dancing and jogging. Moving on. Moving your back highly stimulates your peripheral nervous system. So we have something called the vagus nerve, which is a nerve that runs from our cranial down to every organ in our body, or many of the major organs, rather. The vagus nerve is highly important. And if I am speaking correctly, the vagus nerve controls, or at least works in tandem to a very high degree with our fight or flight, no, no, rather the opposite, uh, rest and digest, the 
uh, parasympathetic nervous system, PNS, which lowers stress. <laughs> Sorry, huge roundabout way of getting to that point. <laughs> I have to wonder how many of my episodes are me saying a jumbled up collection of words and <laughs> confusing the listeners. So I'll say, I'll say it all over again. Moving your back highly stimulates your peripheral nervous system. Now, different than your parasympathetic nervous system, which is also, I guess, could be PNS. Maybe it's some other acronym. doesn't really matter. But this, your, your nervous system wants to be engaged, not overdriven and burnt out, but you have these nerves in your body that need to be nourished. They need to be taken care of. Your muscle likes to stretch as well as contract. So your nerves also like to have that resting experience. And so many, so many of your nerves are splayed throughout the backside of your body. And when you dance, you oftentimes use your back. If you're doing modern dance especially, you're in these reaching positions where you're opening up and your back is getting the chance to stretch in that way, which you really want. Next up, cartilage in a joint is nourished by synovial fluid. Movement distributes and massages into the cartilage that synovial fluid. So it's just talking about how dancing is a great, great way to actually take care of your joints because your joints need this synovial fluid, but your body can only truly bring that synovial fluid where it needs to be when you are doing movement. Certain movements, I'm sure, are better than others. But dancing, because it brings about such a variety of movements in your, including so many different parts of your body, I imagine they brought this up to say that, hey, here's this like ultimate way to nourish all of your joints. Dancing stimulates processing speed and memory brain growth. I mentioned that a bit earlier with the children thing, but there were a bunch of other studies that reiterated that point over and over throughout the book, so I thought it was worth mentioning. And there's another point at the very end here that I will get to in a moment, which pretty much is the main statement of all of this. But I thought that was two parts that are truly so important, at least to myself, processing speed and memory, hugely important. And Dancing stimulates growth in those areas of the brain. Doom. Second to last point here. Only 8.4% of boys report regularly dancing and only 21% of adolescents overall. I can confirm. I attended, uh, I think it, I went to three dance classes um, over two semesters at a community college and I was one of three guys out of those three classes. The rest were all girls. And when I think about all the benefits that dancing brings, and I have to imagine that I've only glossed over a bit and things that I was made aware of through this book, but I have to be certain that there are others that I just 
don't know about. You know, they haven't been studied yet, or they weren't included in this book, or when I was reading it, I happened to overlook it. But when I think about all the benefits that dancing brings, it is upsetting to me that boys or any age group of the male experience is missing out on this free, accessible, fun thing. And it's a social event. You can dance solo on your own and get all these benefits for sure. But dancing at a bar or in a class, whatever, it's a great way to connect with people and to meet people and to resonate with others who are into what you're into as well. Like if you like hip hop, but you're in small town Nebraska, then it might be very hard to find somebody who understands your inclinations and your preferences. But if you go to one hip hop class, suddenly you're connected with every single person practically in your area who likes that same thing. So it, um, it checks the box in so many ways. And it's upsetting to me to hear that only 8.4% of boys report regular dancing. Now, this is um, inclined to say report regular dancing. So the number could be a little bit higher, although I don't imagine it's much higher and probably not higher than 10%. So one out of 10 guys is not getting access to this thing, this medicine. If we alone look at the point that dancing reduces the risk of dementia by 76% and likely other neurodegenerative diseases, then this thing should be considered medicine and guys just aren't tapping into it. So I wanted to make this podcast largely for my fellas out there, but also anybody who loves dancing or doesn't dance but feels like they should, or, um, you know, or is totally just thinking of it as a taboo. It is so worthwhile. Give yourself one song a day or three songs a day, whatever it is. Attend a class, go out, get drunk even, and dance. Like if that's what it takes, right? This is medicine, and you are nurturing yourself in more ways than you can imagine when you dance. Here is the overall big picture. Dancing trains our motor skills, our self-perception, our memory, and emotional processing cognition. It strengthens our cardiovascular system, our immune system, improves our posture, and keeps us nimble and flexible. If there was a pill that could do all of those things, we, you know, it would, it would be amazing. The world would be changed forever. <laughs> it, it improved motor skills, self-perception, memory, emotional processing, your cognition, strengthening cardiovascular, strengthens the immune system, improves your posture, <laughs> keeps you nimble and flexible. What? <laughs> Where do you get access to this? Well, you've got it. It's you. Like, it's literally you just using your body. And that's another reason why I like dancing so much and why I feel like I'm a big advocate for it, certainly why I made this episode, is because it's you. It's just you doing you. It's you using your body, you know? And whereas a push-up, like you're doing 50 push-ups a day, that's tough, right? Well, dancing can be very tough, but it also doesn't have to be. 
there's no way to do, I mean, there is if you're cheating the reps, but there's really no way to do 50 push-ups easily. It's the same thing every time. You have to do the same motion. But with dancing, you're not bound to one movement pattern. You're not certainly not bound to one motion. And it can be as easy or as hard as you want it to be. You can take as long or as short of time um, as you want. You can include other people with it. You can do it solo. You don't need equipment. It does all these great things for you. And so if you're listening to this, I encourage you to dance today, at least to one song. Just put on one song and jam out because you're going to get all of these benefits. Now, some of them happen when you are learning new movements, which come from maybe YouTube or taking a class. So I really encourage you to also, whenever you're ready, Start to learn a new dance because learning anything new is great for the brain, but particularly learning a new dance, a new movement pattern is very beneficial to the brain. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. (laughs) As you can tell, I am passionate about the science of dancing. I think it's so cool. Cool enough that I read this book in like three days, took the notes, pounded it out. In less than a week, I got this whole podcast together because I knew before I read this book, there's something special about dancing. And I hope you see just a glimpse of how special it is now. And I've encouraged you to get up and groove. So until the next time, I will talk to you later. Peace.